I really want to caffeinate myself and others and support small businesses, but without having to put pants on. I wish there was a way to do that. I know. I'll ask Reflexa. Reflexa, what can I do to caffeinate myself along with others and support small businesses without putting on pants? Here is a targeted ad based on my constant surveillance of your thoughts and actions. Wait, what? Are you looking for a way to caffeinate yourself and others and support small business without having to put on pants? Well, then head on over to DeadlyGroundsCoffee.com. Deadly Grounds Coffee has smooth, rich flavors to satisfy the cravings of everyone on your list. From traditional flavors like pumpkin spice and French roast to more daring flavors like Hell's Fury, Highland Zombie Grog, Day of the Dead Roast, and Witch's Brew. And now, for a very limited time, you can try Butch Patrick's Dragula Dark Roast. Butch Patrick is known around the world for his role as TV's Eddie Munster. And when we deadly grounded him at a horror convention, he became such a big fan of our coffee that he hand-selected one of the roasts to make his very own. With most of the conventions on hold, Butch made available a limited supply of his Dragula Dark Roast, named after one of the coolest cars in television history. Personally autographed for our Deadly Grounds coffee fans. It's a delicious roast, silky smooth with a sweet finish. Perfect for any time of day and great for the coffee and Butch fans on your holiday shopping list. This is only available while our limited supply lasts, so hurry and get yours today. This holiday season, it's time to get a little deadly. Go on, you deserve it. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Case, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Jay and James. I am James. And hello, everybody. I am Jay. Welcome to June. Fun and exciting. Um, a lot of things have changed 
since last time we spoke. It's um, been a while, yeah. With a lot of breaking news, a lot of changes have happened in the world of Boston sports. Um, Patriots started OTAs. Cam Newton got hurt. Bruins are in the second round. Series tied 2-2 with a pivotal game five tonight. Red Sox just swept the Yankees. They're in a battle for first place with the Rays for the American League East. And, of course, the Celtics lost in a gentleman's sweep uh, to the Nets um, five games. And the day after, which I didn't believe was going to be that quick of a turnaround, that Danny Ainge is stepping down, retiring, according to the Celtics. Interpret it as you will. Some people are saying he's fi- he was fired or they kind of were like, it's time for you to go. So we're going to do wording. Um, and with that, Danny and Brian, Brad Stevens was in part fired from being coach and made the GM. Uh, I know they said it was like a promotion to the GM position. Um, I don't know, a year after signing that six year extension to be head coach, all of a sudden they're going to make him GM. Um, that was a very interesting choice. Um, I thought he would be like a player, a coach GM type of person like Bill Belichick to an extent. Um, where he would coach the team but still have personnel decisions and maybe have, like, Joe Schmo being, like, the guy who just sits in that seat. But, you know, the buck stops with Brad Stevens and still be the coach. So how do you take the news, Jay? Like I said, I'm very curious to see, hear your thoughts on it. We've actually been really good. We haven't really talked about it that much um, mm-hmm. since the news broke, uh, we, other than Jay just telling me that he does not like playoff hockey, um, which, again, that was understandable. You why hey, I gave you credit. You watched you watched eight minutes of a very good game, uh, three on a Friday night. So I do give you that and it, kudos and it, for watching it, that. It was a good game. I mean, it was a little snapshot, uh, snap, snapshot of that of that game was last eight minutes, third period. Bruins are up one zero. Islanders tied up on a, you know, pretty, pretty nice goal. Uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, on uh the Islanders side. And then, and you mentioned this, you know, obviously playoff atmosphere, the Coliseum's going, going nuts. So it's, it's pretty cool, right? The element was there. And obviously I, I kind of, we were texting back and forth and my hangup was right. was all right. This third period ends, they're tied. Then you had to wait 20 minutes for three minutes of hockey. So I was like, Nope, not, not this again, guy. It, 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 it couldn't have been three minutes. It could have gone a whole period. It could have gone 20 minutes. That's why. Yeah, I, I guess I, I, you can't get off over the point of 20 minutes because you even alluded. Yeah, in a regular season, it's actually a lot quicker. They have less guy. It's a whole different format. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I don't care to get that. I was just like, so you're telling me I have to wait 20 minutes for OT at 10 o'clock at night? Nope. And then yeah, I watched I mean, the Bucks game. It, it, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, and that's fine. Like I said, you know, in in, in you know, that can be a hang up for is the intermissions. A lot of people don't like the 20 minute missions because there's one between the first and the second, and the second and third, you know, and you know, it's different for playoff, but again, the playoffs are a completely different animal than game 63 of the regular mm-hmm. season. And, and, and even to a point, you know, um, doesn't basketball do a full overtime period a quarter or is it a, a shorter quarter for the playoffs? So, yeah. Five minute period, uh, five minute five minutes, quarters okay. or five minute, okay. five minutes. You know, I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like you, you can't do sudden death in b- basketball. So, 
and that's what yeah it no it, it totally makes yeah it totally makes sense for like like soccer like lacrosse and hockey and field ho- they're all when it's that low of a score and that one goal is going to decide it um i like that aspect of the of the uh, playoff uh, or overtime rules uh, or just you know overtime in general um but like I said, you know, 20 minutes is a pretty big gap of time. I'm not the guy going, hey, you should change this. You know, I, that's not me. It's just like, man, I had 20 minutes to kill. And you were kind of like, yeah, you go do this, go do that. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not doing that. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> watch something else and then completely forget what I was watching. And, and normally uh, what or- it is, and, and now you're getting in later in the playoffs, they normally have another game going at the same time. So you always, mm-hmm. a lot of times during the intermission, they'll play the other game so you can watch it. There was just no other game on Friday night. It was just the Bruins. Yeah, I guess that would make, that would probably have kept me there a little bit or would it have, I don't know, because I was only there to watch the Islanders and the Bruins. Um, I was just there to watch that game. So uh, would that have kept my attention? Who knows? I just know that there was an NBA game happening at the same time. So I was like, I'm definitely going that direction during commercial breaks. So, uh, okay, I get that picture that's, like, that's Come on. yeah, that's, that's like a whole nother story where, you know, like even with commercials or like football is kind of the worst too. baseball has its problems, but again, you can't get around that. Uh, I mean, I don't ever want to change the format of that rule or be that guy or be that stand, but, uh, yeah, 20 minutes. I just, that's a long time. <laughs> it's a big gap of time to wait for, like you said, even if it was 20 minutes and then it was but again, now now I'm up till it's like baseball, right? Where it's like there's there is a probability of a game lasting forever, and I think baseball sucks in that manner too. So it's just like you know, put the guy on second. I'm okay with that rule, or you know, change it because you're already too long and it's too boring. And I think hockey with that big gap, uh, the hockey enthusiasts, the lovers, probably would stick around and wait the 20 minutes for, I don't know, a minute of hockey. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's like you said, cause it's, it's sudden death. It could be so quick that first face off, they well, get yeah, man and up and boom, the... it's done. And it's just like, I guess you're kind of like, now if you're the loser, you're always going to fucking hate it. But if you're the winner, well, and that's what the Bruins was... were, you're probably like, Oh, this was great. I'm like, yeah, but there's a whole nother 50% of the, of the world going, well, that sucked. You know, <laughs> you know, like I waited yeah, for game twenty minutes two for that against the Capitals. The Bruins scored thirty-four seconds in overtime, and sometimes that happens. But then you have the following game. They went to double overtime, and they scored, I think, five minutes into the double overtime. So you know, it's so just... he, so when you go from that first overtime to the second, there's another twenty-minute gap there. Because that's because... awful. That is awful. That's like I mean, the, the... that's that's as long as the game. The break, overtime, break, game, you know, five, that's like, that's, you pretty much played two thirds of a game. Well, what, 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 well, one of the things they say, and, and again, it's just, it's, it's each row. It's just, you saw some of that intensity in the last eight minutes of that game. That, that, that was an intense eight. That's why I asked you, what eight minutes did you watch? Cause if you watch the second period, it was nothing, no goal, no gore, goals, no nothing. It, it's one of those things like you got to like camp the like energy down clean. You got to clean the ice properly, all that stuff, but they treat it like a proper inter- intermission. So, um, I mean the good thing. Yeah. Like the ice is, capades. No, I get it. You know, it's just, it's just like ice hockey. A little For all the figure skaters. Across, yeah. You know, all that fun figure stuff. Figure skaters. No, they well, need, I'm glad, they I'm need glad fresh you ice. Watched it. I gave, I gave my dad 
Uh, I told them I told them that you watched eight minutes of the game and didn't see the overtime. So I don't know if that got you good points or bad points. So yeah, no, I didn't hear anything about it. But uh, what you're right. What I did see now, it would have been different if it just the intensity was there. I guess what made it better for my viewing of eight minutes is that the Islanders actually did with all the pressure that they were giving and what they were trying to do in execution. And they came up with a goal to tie it, to go to OT that to me, I was like, all right, that was, that was pretty cool. Right. But I mean, if the Bruins just kind of held out, iced it, you know, just kind of killed the clock and just, that would have been boring to me too. So I was glad that the Islanders were so aggressive and trying to get trying to tie this thing up so that was because it's playoff hockey so it's like the intensity was there and the bruins the bruins weren't like slapping them around just being like no this is easy we're gonna win 1-0 and then it would just be like you know preventy or whatever you want to call it and just be like who, oh, well, you know and, that would have been boring what, to me and that's what happens too and like i said you know if you got any closer you don't you, you know the, i just put, put, put might have pulled the goalie so you have an extra skater on the ice you know, yeah that right? would have been cool but, yeah so there, there's so, a lot that like happens said, in that in that end yeah yeah so again it was i'm glad you know i you know i, I turned on the basketball game too again i didn't watch a ton of it like I, cool like i'm again i'm just we're two two different people like two different types of sports and you know i i, I did my thing and watched some of the um game seven last night um with luchik and Kawhi and going at it back to back and i'm like that's awesome but for me donchich donchich you said luchich oh luke i said luca luca yeah because luca donchich right you can you kind of combined them lukich lukich uh uh sounds like a hockey player (laughs) well luchi is a hockey player (laughs) there you go yeah um no I, i again it was interesting but for me when i see it's 130 123 to 116 i'm like cool what do you want to see 98 to 96 that's a shitty game too so where's the sweet spot that's boring because there isn't any it's like football so you like to see a 10-7 game rather than a 47 to 42 game depends on the teams It depends how they're getting. Yeah, you have pretty points. much one of the greatest scorer, like Luca, who's who had twenty nine points in the first half, who was going to set a record in Game Seven at age twenty two. I saw. I don't again, think he did, but I'm just saying he was on pace. Like there, that it's it's, it's part of, of the game now. Like you, you even said it. I'm not going to change anything. I enjoyed the product. I watched it. Ray. I I, I'm, I don't go out of my way to watch basketball games unless it's the Celtics in the finals. Like, I watched a game seven. I, I was like, I'm going to sit down and watch a game seven because, again, game seven, th- th- those are the two best words in playoff sports is game seven, regardless if it's baseball, uh, hockey, or basketball because there is no tomorrow for one of those teams. So there, a lot of times you'd hope that they put everything on the court, which that game did. They put everything on the court. Um, but again, it's it, for me. It's not like I'm gonna go watch Game Two of the Nets Buck series. Like I don't, I have no interest. Like, yeah, you know, got him, man. He, he, they're they're playing just, in Brooklyn. Just, Harden's out. You got Giannis. He's got to win this game. They played like ass in the two, first. It's just two separate things, my man. That's all it is. We like our we like our stuff. Like <laughs> you, we, we we can keep trying to convince you, each other, but 
Right. It's 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 a, a basketball and a ho- and a hockey guy. And is it, it, it? My question is: is is this the only sport where it's like this? Because in football, it's kind of isolated by itself, right? There's no competition. No, football's football. I guess you right. Know, for, so it's you it's know. hockey, and then in baseball, it's summer. Now, is there any other sport out there that we're missing here? I know golf pretty much plays year round, but I mean, that's always just a soccer. weekend thing. You can kind of jump in, jump out on that one. Yeah. I mean, soccer, soccer I, again watched... soccer fan you don't even try to no, convince no. a soccer fan other than watching it watching soccer so that's kind of the same thing but it's it's and literally the dueling yeah it's the, because they both the play at the same sports. exact time they yeah. start at the same they end at the same time you know um i'm just like i said it just it's just one of those things you know i grew up with hockey that, that was the sport in my household hockey and baseball and then it was football i didn't really get into basketball until you know, late in high school when the Celtics were, you know, when the Celtics got really good, that's when I kind of discovered basketball growing up in Springfield. That's what it was. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, you know, if I grew up in a basketball household, I'd probably be in the same boat, like watching all the finals, but stuff like that, you know, for soccer, I watched anytime men's or women's us USA teams on, I'll watch it like cool. I've always wanted to go to a soccer game. You know, my friend uh, Ryan lived down in Harrison, New Jersey, which is like right in the same town as the Red Bulls the New mm-hmm. York, New Jersey Red Bulls uh, MLS team. So we were trying to get together to go see a revolution, which is New England's team, Red Bull game. And it just never worked out because we were supposed to do it last year, which didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, or, or the year before that. Oh, yeah, that was last year. Oh, God, it feels like forever. Yeah, last year when the pandemic, we were supposed to go that year to a, a game, um, which, again, didn't happen. Um, but, you know, it's just it, – I, I think really it, it, it's good that on our on our show we both have those two – viewpoints and they do run parallel to a point um you know which is nice not i don't think a lot of shows have that where it's because either it's all basketball or all hockey or all football or whatever we kind of do dabble in all the sports and have our own takes on all the sports so now and, and you and, and the only reason why i i, I poked the bear here is because you you say it all the time you believe that uh, playoff hockey is the best the best oh, thing the since best. sliced bread but it, it isn't <laughs> it isn't I don't know. It just it again, just, it drops down to a non-hockey watch because you say exactly. it because you you're a hockey fan. Yeah. So you're I, you're I just, on an island, isolated by yourself, saying hockey's the best. That's fine. Right. I, that's why I, I say I, I'm I, poking I, the bear because I'm like I would just say no. Nah, basketball's hundred times better. And I saw twelve thousand rowdy have... Islanders fans on Friday and Saturday or thir- uh, Friday night or Thursday night and Saturday night. Wild, and. You know, that place was rocking, um, and that that place was rocking from start to finish. So, mm-hmm. um, watching, you know, maybe the last five minutes of a game in NBA, you have that atmosphere. Uh, the atmosphere in a, a a game like that is just awesome. Like it just. It is, and that's why, like I said, it's my opinion. And yeah, I can't wait to go to a game and sit for forty minutes while I watch no hockey. That sounds awesome to me. Yeah, you go get a beer, you get a coffee, you get some food, you sit back. That's still forty minutes. (laughs) I'd rather. Yeah, I mean, sounds awful. I'd rather be. I don't know. Yeah, forty minutes of just no no hockey. Uh, Watching a zamboni, (laughs) like that sounds awesome. I uh, sign me up. 
for, for, for me, it's very much, you know, I've been to basketball games and I feel like during basketball games, I'm talking to my buddies more, but like hockey, I'm actually like watching hockey. Like I'm actually watching the game. So those intermissions, I get up, use the bathroom, go get food, go drink. Like then I go back and sit down there for the whole 20 minute period. Like that's how it works. That's how I go. Use use that twenty minutes to your advantage instead of getting up in the middle because you get up and go get a co- you go get a hot dog or a beer they could score a goal. Well, what I've realized now, what I've realized, and, and again maybe you know, again now it's like kind of comparing like a spectator, you know, actually going to a, a hockey game. Like I said, I, I, I'm looking at it from a view that I've never gone. I'll be completely honest here, but you add up the time of us of not watching hockey. Um, it's a lot where no other sport is like that, you know? I mean, what? that's a lot of time not watching the sport while at the event. Whereas, like, with football, going to a Patriots game is, is, is mind-numbing because it's, like, the timeouts, the TV timeouts, the kickoffs. It, well, and that's, that's a whole other entity, too, that if you add up all that time, I'm sure it gets pretty damn close. But it's also, I don't know, another quarter longer than that game, right? Like, 60 minutes Oh, they're, no, they're no, the same time six, period. Yeah, sixty minutes. They're same. Everything's still sixty minutes. And like I said, the the one thing, like I said, in, in out of all the sports, and this is why I still believe this, the best time keeping in all of sports is soccer, is that running clock. That clock never stops, which is like awesome. Um, and you know they just add on the time at the end. So if there's four minutes for whistles or goal celebrations, whatever, they end in the extra time. But that clock is always that 40 that 45 minute half clock is always ticking which is nice so yeah for, but like, for yeah soccer soccer yeah they well hockey to a point i mean that at last eight minutes was was pretty fluid and and television's gotten better of like just keeping the the, the game on because before like they don't they don't really have four three or four dedicated tv timeouts i think it's after four minutes 11 minutes eight minutes and oh, sorry, 14 minutes, 11 minutes, eight minutes. And I think four minutes left in the period is when the, the built in TV timeouts are mm-hmm. other than that, they're either doing picture in picture or the, or they're, they're, the game still cruising under the good clip. Like I remember, I think there was a game where it's funny because you, the, the, you could have eight, nine minutes of the puck just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Goal, no goals and just it's, it's a very back and forth game and the clock is just running and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden you'll see like three or four big commercial breaks in a row because they have to catch up to those two breaks that they couldn't fill in so but yeah they gotta they gotta get the, they gotta get that that in but uh you know no, and again it, it's one timeout for the, the each team gets a timeout they hardly use it you know they have one challenge which is a you know if you use the challenge and you lose you lose the you lose your timeout and you automatically go on a penalty for delay of game. Oh, say that so. again. So what was in it? hockey, when yeah. you, you can challenge in hockey, you can challenge a couple of things in hockey. Got if it. you go yeah. ahead and challenge something and you lose the challenge, yeah, you lose like your timeout. Basketball, football, yeah. But you go on the penalty. You get a penalty. For that. You get a delay of game. So you're automatically the other team has a two minute power play. Yeah, that I, because I, part of that last eight minutes too was that the Islanders were also a man up, and mm-hmm. which made it even more exciting because here I am trying to figure out 
<laughs> couldn't be a tougher opponent to watch because I was born in Long Island. So I know all my family members are pretty much Islander fans. So there was like a little bit of different. I'm looking at that game going, wow, I really don't care who wins. Because <laughs> yeah. I was actually rooting for the Islanders, to be honest with you. You know, and, and uh, but to no fault of the Bruins, just say, hey, you know, I guess that's where I was born. Not that I've ever watched. I've watched. That's the funny thing. I, that was the most time I watched. And I'm like choosing between the team that uh, county where I was born, or am I going with the Bruins, which I d couldn't, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about. So other than they play in Boston and the TD Garden, so. Sorry, there's a lot more going by. What was that? I had a lawn mower going by in the background. Oh, so it's super nice outside. We have the windows open. Um, but you know, again, this was this was just a touch on sprinkling of the Bruins. Like I said, they're still in the playoffs. They haven't had an organizational or organizational shakeup. Um, big chunk was going to be not yet. Jays. Not yet. No, I mean they they, they they I mean they've gone to finals. Didn't they already have one like two years ago? I mean, coach getting no, fired and then the, the team coach. actually finally played. Yeah, that was about five years ago. That was that's been that long. Cassidy's mm -hmm. been there for that long. Mm -hmm. Well, Cassidy was assistant coach and also coached Providence before, so he's been in the Bruins system for a while. Well, when did he become the coach? I think I thought it was like two years ago. What was, was it? Sixteen? Was that long ago? Sixteen or seventeen? Yeah. Oh, his days are numbered. I don't know. I mean, they've been in the playoffs every year. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals, Game Seven. So, what do you do? Right? Hey, you, you say the same thing about the Celtics. Who gives a shit? <laughs> There's no trophy. I mean, I mean the, the Bruins did go to one more finals than the Celtics did. Yeah. Um, Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, like I said, it's what it is. Like I said, I mean, Bruins have been, this, uh, according to, I think since 2018, the Bruins are the second best team in the league with rec record-wise. And who's so, the best? Uh, Tampa Bay. Hmm. Defending Stanley Cup champions, and then they should have won it the year the Bruins played. They, the, the Bruins got the easiest path on demand to get to the finals that year. Um, but uh, but no, big shakeup with the Celtics organization. The day after they got eliminated from the playoffs, um, after one really good showing at home on that Friday night game, and then the Nets kind of just closed it out. Um Take away from the season. If you could break down the season into one word, what would you classify the season as? Hurt. Okay. Injuries. I, I would have said inconsistent. Because they went on stretches and they were really, really good. And then they went on, like, they beat teams they should earlier on, you know, they beat teams that they should have beaten. They lost the teams that they probably should have, shouldn't have, they should have lost to. And then somehow like they kept just the, the roles got reversed on game, certain games, like losing to the net, the night, the, the, the Sacramento Kings at a Friday night, you know, that, you know, that's a team they should have, should have beaten that, you know, they, they, they were, I think they were just down Kemba at that time, you know, coming mm -hmm. off some wins just inconsistent. I, th I think the inconsistency is the big thing because you had games where, you know, you're sitting there being like, you got your complement of players. 
you know, you're, you are better than these teams. You're better than some of these teams on the court. You know, is it just lack of effort? Like you watch some of the games where they're just not hustling to the balls, hustling to play defense, you know, sometimes it turned into ISO ball, all that stuff, you know, and, and you even said it when we talked afterwards a little bit was like, when, what, what was the stat you gave me when they were, when you, when you had the full, the, the true starting five on the court, they were like 13 and something. Oh no, they, they played, if you're talking about the starting four, is it is yeah. smart Brown, Kemba and Tatum only Tatum. played 282 minutes all season. Yeah, but 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 you you gave a record on that, didn't you? Like they were they had like a five and one. They were. It's yeah, only six games. It's only six, by the way. Yeah. That's why I say hurt. I don't yep. say inconsistent. I say hurt because if they were inconsistent, it was it, it was one before the other, cause and effect. Their inconsistency yeah, came came from came from injury. And if you look at it too, look at the playoffs and the landscape. Three of the last four conference finals teams all got. Their asses kicked in six games or less. Heat, Celtics, Lakers. The only team that survived is Denver because they're actually the youngest squad and they have an MVP. Jokic is going to be the MVP this year on that team. So uh, that's why they survived. And, you know, Denver is now playing, I think it's the Suns. Mm-hmm. I, I believe Denver is playing the Suns, which, which could be a battle. But, you know... It, that was part of the attrition too. I mean, all these bubble teams making it so long and having a quick turnaround. I guess all three of those teams had what injuries. They were hurt because they played in the bubble and they had to turn around quicker. All these other teams that are kind of like the suns, you know, uh, Denver is the only, uh, you know, the only team like three out of four. So it wasn't all of them. Um, but all these other teams like New York, Atlanta, some of these teams that just when didn't did, have those when, runs when last the bubble, year. When did, are, when did the bubble end? When was the fi- when was the finals? I want to say July, end of July. Okay, and or when August? does the season normally end? Oh, like mid June, like sixteenth, June sixteenth. It starts like, in it October, would be, right? It would be ending in like ten days. And it normally starts mid October, right? Yeah. So June, August, September. So you got three and a half months off, right? In a normal season, correct? That's how many days you have off. How many months you have off till the training camp starts, beginning of October? Yeah, if you're the finals team, for sure. Okay. Yeah. How many months do they have have off this time? Well, if it's August, they started, they, they started in December. So September, three October, about three and a half months. About two and a half months, because they still got preseason. Well, there was no preseason game, but they got together. They had to practice. But I'm saying, I'm, I even said, I said, starting training camp is beginning of October. So I'm going as October 1st. So oh, okay. So I, would, I would do November. So three and a half months, right? Would, yeah. So it's like, ended... f- it's four months compared to less than three. And that's what happened. Four months is normal. Okay. June, July, August, September, October. Actually, you know, it's, it's four months, man. It's not, I don't know where you're getting three. 16th of this half year. So half a month in June. July, August, September. You start October one. Three and a half. It's not Mar- you didn't say the finals end in June first. You're just June sixteenth is normally when they end. And I said the same thing about the Bruins. That's when the, the NHL normally ends. Yeah, but I, I mean I I don't October first is really the start date. 
I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm doing it. For I'd have to now. look that up. That you're just giving me October first. I, I don't think that's when the season yeah, starts. Yeah, I'm just using it for just a conversational purpose here. Like, yeah. So four months I'm is normal. This was less than three. It was a quicker turnaround. Hundred percent. Okay. I, I, we're never gonna see eye to eye on like that at all because like, you're. I'm literally just trying to have the conversation of like, could it be that like it's just a short? Yeah. The, and I'm understanding the injury, but like. The players wanted, a, they agreed to the longer, the, 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 the schedule start. That's what they agreed to. And so, and you want to use injuries, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. Like that, the, the, the Celtics were injured. Got it. You know, Brown had, uh, Tatum had COVID and Kemba will never be the player that we're going to be signed for. I don't care what anybody says. His knee is shot. And that's, that contract's going to hang around the Celtics next for two more years. Um, But if that, you know, if injuries is the fact that the Celtics didn't go as far, you can say this thing of the same thing about the Lakers. And you can say the yeah, same thing my, about. I already did. And, I did and, say and, those. I already said those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I said three of the four teams that made it to the conference finals I don't, have all had I don't common think it's injuries. Of, yeah. No, I don't. I, it's, it's better teams beat them. At the end of the day, better teams won. Like, non injuries the better teams won. Yeah. So if the Celtics actually had their full squad, like better teams did, who had rest and no injuries, I I 100% agree. I I agree Brooklyn was a better team, but I don't know. And the Suns were better than the Lakers? Like, that's that's an interesting story, too. I mean, we're always just sitting in our bubble in well, Boston, the, the, but I'm like, the, the, that, the, that was a big also, fucking thing that happened down in, in, in LA land. Like well, that was, no, I mean, was I mean, the thing. Suns also won every single game they had in the bubble last year, leading up to the last game, which they won every game in the bubble. So they mm-hmm. were hot. They just, the Grizzlies had one more win over them than they did. And that was the story leaving the bubble and going to the season is can the Suns duplicate what they have, what they had going in the bubble. And they did. So, yeah, with the addition just, of Chris Paul, which was also pretty helpful. I'm taking I'm taking injuries out of the fact because I think in, injuries is a scapegoat for any team. It's it's you. These are the players you had, and that's why I'm saying like I'm not saying it was poor roster building. I'm not saying it was poor coaching. I'm just saying even that was the case that you didn't have your full your full roster of people fully healthy your team on paper should have been at least to win some of the games they lost when they weren't 100 healthy they they should have been able to win that's why i'm saying the inconsistency is more of a factor because how many games did three out of the four play together the bulk of them right if you take you know even if you take kemba out three out of those four players probably played 80, 85% of the season together. Three out of those four were in the starting lineup in some, in some combination or another. Would you, I'd be closer to, I'd be probably closer to 60 or, or even less. Cause Tatum was out for two weeks. Marcus smart, uh, smart was out for about a month. I mean, that that's, that's 16 games because it was a condensed season. That's a lot. If you're out that period of time, it's actually more games. It's not like the regular season. So they probably, even if you take Tatum out, he, you know, if you look at his, uh, 
how many games he played, it was only less than 60. Same with Brown, because he was out pretty much the last. Because he had other rests, he had other things happening too, and you know, during as the season went on, and then he last missed the last three weeks, or last two weeks. So, yeah, I would, I would, I would be a lot closer to sixty percent. Eighty, eighty is way too high. Okay. And even you know, even with the, because I, I feel like they played with two guys at eighty percent. That that probably makes a lot more sense. Because you, you you saw a lot of different lineups with Semi Ojale starting. Uh, Tristan Thompson was in and out of the lineups. You had Naismith in and out of the lineups. Langford when he got healthy, it, it, the lineup changed every third game. I think they they've had to be in the top five of different starting lineup changes. Not a lot of teams, especially the teams that you're looking right right now in the playoffs. N- none of them had that. The, the biggest injury that's still existing right now in the playoffs is Jamal Murray and Denver still winning, which is an adam an testament to, um, well, and Brooklyn because they they have three of the I don't know top ten players on a, on one team, so they're they're kind of in the same boat, where yeah. Durant was out a bunch. Harden was out a bunch. Harden may be out, and Ivory took hiatuses and whatnot. Um, so that that team is kind of the is the only example of the a different shift. But I'd still say I don't know. You pick one of those is you combine Kemba and Smart. They're still not as good as that whoever that third guy is on on Brooklyn. Because I bet you their their numbers are even staggering even worse it's just they like you mentioned had a better supporting cast they have harris and there was big blockbuster trades which a lot of their players went to cleveland jared allen heading out they made some acquisitions during the um you know with blake griffin which helped the later part latter part of the season and uh in deandre jordan what is just a ghost out there like he's not even good enough to get playing time so New Jersey's pretty much the only team that you're kind of looking at them like, wow. Um, especially when the season even started, when we thought it was just in our podcast, where we just thought it was going to be possibly Kyrie and Durant. We still picked them all the way to go all the way to the Eastern Conference. So that's why it, it's not a shocker to me what happened. We just we, we came up against the buzzsaw that are the Brooklyn, Net, Brooklyn Nets. That's how they're designed. New coach, new style of offense new team pretty much you know it's you know they're, they're running things that uh brad stevens hasn't seen because it's it's a new you know he only got to see him three or four times in the season and there was no practice so he couldn't watch film you couldn't make adjustments You're, you just have to roll out there and here's the squad i got today and here are, here are the fundamentals of what my play calls are and that's it so yeah this season was a tough season. I mean, like I said, Spolstra had a tough season in Miami. You know, they didn't catch fire till the end of the season when everyone else was, like, getting tired and hurt. They finally got healthy and started beating teams to get to that sixth spot. Um, and then they saw a buzzsaw, which is a very completely healthy Milwaukee Bucks team. So, And then the Sixers have been completely healthy, and it's only been, as of late, a beat is starting to wear down a little bit. So... That's why Brooklyn has a path with Harden just pulling another hamstring, so he's out. 
So yeah, injuries is is a thing. So that's you can't you can't take it away. It's 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 what happens. And you look at some of the teams that are in it right now. They were the most healthy with the most minutes with their top four or five guys. That's what equals wins in this league. Not like hockey, right? Where your your fourth squad could you know could be deep, and you have that relief on the front first couple lines i'm sure and you know now everyone's playing really well together and people can still rest and still have somebody on the fourth line stop a second line or a first line just to kind of get the first line back out and to get have fresh legs i'm sure that's a thing you know like it, 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 but if you have no third or fourth line and all you're doing is putting out the first two lines that team's probably not going to do as well long term you got to have a balanced, you know, you got to have, you, you, that's what I've always heard about hockey is like, you, you need to have that third or fourth line. And that's what we say about basketball. You need to have that 12th guy still got to produce. And that's where, where the Celtics hundred percent lacked. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Like I said, it kind of goes into the next question is if you're now Brad Stevens, what do you do with this team? Ooh, well, hire a coach first. And, you know, with his working knowledge of the players, um, I think that's going to be helpful in his position now. So he has a little, like, I know what his strengths are. I know what I need. You know, I know. And now he's in the position to actually kind of make those moves. So I I, I think with with his background, what his knowledge is of the team, that could help make some uh, splashes and some moves, I think. Uh, and I don't think he's like Ainge in the sense that you always didn't want to lose a trade, right? So I think he's like, whatever, I got to make a name for myself and I got to start winning out of the gate. So I need to start making some moves that are pretty, you know, transitional to W's (laughs) or translational to W's. So that's, that's, that's all I care about. And I I think he's, I think he's going to be fine at that. I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Oh, sorry. The llama going behind me. Yeah. And uh, you, I don't know if I, we ever, you did ask the question or I never answered because we kind of went on tangents here. But uh, as far as with uh, Danny Ainge leaving, I think, did you allude to the grades about giving them grades? Not right now. So, So the, the, the big, co- the, the, the big choice is the head coach. You said it's, it's very important that you got a head coach in there that will respond. You know, the players will respond to, I think towards the, the, the end of the, the mid end of the season, I think Steven's lost the locker room. I mean, you, 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 you heard that coming from unnamed sources from the locker room talking to Jack McMullen and, you know, Gary Washburn and all those, you know, good Celtics beat people, you know, uh, in, in the question that, that, that I wanted to allude to as well was so, you know, Danny, you know, I, I made the joke, you know, like, you know, fire Danny, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, you know, I just, I just think, you know, his time kind of came and, you know, went and I think he just needed a new voice in the uh, front office and the new vision and stuff like that. Um, but again, was he, and again, this is Boston sports, whatever. Do you think Danny walked up to uh, the ownership and was like, I'm retiring. Or do you think they approached him being like, Hey Danny, you gotta, we gotta make some changes. And it was more of a conversation more than like Danny Ainge coming up being like, I'm all set. I'm done. Bye. Yeah. I think if you, if you want to look at, 
I'll look at it kind of both ways. No, no, not both ways. I guess if you want to look at it, the way that I would want to go out is the only way that I can answer this question because uh, I don't want to speculate on anything because I'm not in, in the room or on a beat or anything like that. Uh, I would just would want the how it went is exactly how I'd want to go in my on my terms, whether it was his terms or not. The Celtics provided him that. That that uh, that out uh, that out. So to me, it was it was brava. All around. He had an amazing so, career to hold a GM job in this NBA for 20 plus years. Name one guy 18 that's years. 18. Not many guys have that. No, that list is short and he did. So there was, you know, with all of his, the problem was all of his great accolades came the first 10 years. The last eight really kind of other than that, you know, you, you, you can judge it how you want, but there's still a blockbuster trade that got two of the best future athletes of our of the sport so i still think that was a win you know and oh, it no, just I'm it not, didn't I'm it not. just didn't come to fruition during his tenure and that's that's okay so no, he, not, he did I, a he did a help no, so I, I guess it we can jump to the grade and i'll give him a solid b plus all right okay i give him a b minus yeah because it's more he, regency bias no can't go, i think his first 10 years is nobody's done it better, but okay. No, exactly. It's more of the um, utilization of the assets toward the end. I think I think the end of his tenure as GM hurt him. I think the perk mm-hmm. trade hurts. I think a lot of people forget about the per- the, the, the Kendrick Perkins trade. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think you got a good return on that. You got Jeff Green. Like, I mean, him going, you know, you're up 3-2 in the finals. He goes out and you lose the last two games to the Lakers, like Mm -hmm. use it as you could. He did help in those finals. And you also could say like, you never won another championship because you never had a healthy Garnett after the 08 season. Garnett was never the Garnett. He was after that knee Mm -hmm. in 2009. Um, But again, you know, swinging the trades for, you know, it and making the team relevant and keeping the team relevant through those years. You only had what one down year one or two really bad years. And then you had like the bridge, which was a, which was a, it was a rebuilding time. So I don't, I don't consider that. And then, you know, Danny's fault. They, that was, that's what they planned to do. It was a planned thing. And then, you know, flipping those assets to get what you did. Um, But I think towards the end of his tenure, he very much overvalued draft picks, overvalued players, bit pieces, you know, on the team that, you know, you know, could have helped being traded or part to move some of these players, some of these draft assets. And, you know, I'm not saying Anthony Davis, not saying, but like you, you know, you, you, you look at some of the deals that were made and you always look back at like, well, what did the Celtics have in their arsenal? Was it, you know, did they not pick up the phone? Is that what they wanted? You know, you'll never know. I would love to read a Danny age memoir at one point or another um, to see exactly what was going on in those rooms. But I think the. the Sounds like a very one... arrogant, cocky book. So I don't know if I want to read that. <laughs> Learning about Danny, Danny age. That, that's the, the one thing I've always remembered about him in the eighties and nineties. So 
when he was a player. He thought he was the the shit then, and he probably thought he was the shit as an operation, you know, in his position. And people probably just in the beginning, he was a, a mover and a shaker, and it and it and it resulted in W's and wins and a championship, and that's all great. But uh, like I said, for it to keep going, obviously he had to do and have success in order for it to last that long. So whether the last four years or five years were crap doesn't matter he's sitting with 18 years under his belt so <laughs> can't can't change that and that's why like i said I, i'm giving him a b minus like i think you know when he struck good he struck great he struck gold like in you know his highs are highs and they're astronomically high but i think some of the lows you know and like i said in, in it's very you know recent history you know um and also i think the way you know the, again who to believe about how it was treated leave, you know going out the door which you know could that have affected how players look at the celtics you know you you, you heard those rumblings from you know again unnamed sources in the nba you know with someone like with Woj and i go back to jackie mcmillan because i read a bunch of her stuff for espn gary washburn of the globe and stuff like that you know unnamed sources you know the way you know the 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 the, the way how i you know we IT, you know, gave his right hip, gave his freaking energy to, to propel the Celtics for that year. And then just to get traded to, to Cleveland to get Kyrie, you know, without kind of having a conversation or doing it when he was traveling or whatever that report was, you know, reflected poorly on the Celtics, reported poorly on Danny Ainge. Um, who knows? Like I said, that's a lot of that's hearsay, you know, that, you know, that's, you know, players look down on that players in a, 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 a like that. So who knows? But like I said, I think, I think that didn't help the the, the image. <laughs> well, you, you can look at it that way. Sure, it probably tainted the image of Danny Ainge and the organization uh, overall. But again, as as it's happening and unfolding as a fan, and to me that that was a win of a trade on our end, and and it's still a business. So. I know, Sorry, I don't. I don't think that's a deterrent, but we got Kyrie know, but, Irving for the limited time that we had him, and we, we, at that time, sitting in my chair, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this team, going, "Oh yeah, it was not, was never the guy." I mean that that was a farce of all farce team. That was that was the worst number one seed in NBA history. So, uh, <laughs> I can't look back on that and just be totally like a negative. Maybe as, uh, you know, like you said, maybe players look at it and view it differently, but it's a business, man. Like, sometimes get, players get treated that way, and sometimes they get treated the moon, and it still doesn't happen. Like, with the Kevin Dar uh, Kevin Durant, you know, we tried to wine and dine that issue, and that didn't happen. And and that and that's where, you know, it not only becomes a Danny Age Celtic issue, it also is a Boston issue. You know, sometimes these guys just don't want to come play here in Boston. It has nothing to do with the coach and the GM. It's you, Boston. It's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, not necessarily Danny Ainge's fault, nor nor should it be. No, I'm with you on that. It's just, and then okay. So the next question turns into Brad Stevens. How is he as a coach in his X amount of years? Do you think that he, you know, same so, question? Uh. For given what he was, you know, if 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 Danny Ainge got a B minus, then I'm going to give uh, or a B plus, then I'm going to give uh, Brad Stevens an A minus. 
because he still has a 585% win percentage over the seven-year seven year span. Three conference championships. There's no NBA title in there, but it's only seven years in his coaching career that he came from a college, Butler, who's he put on the map, and he brought to two national championships, still didn't win, but he still was able to recruit and bring in some talent and have a product that went to the NBA that was an all-star. Um, and he took a team that was literally in rebuilding. Like I remember watching that team with 22 wins or 24 wins in that first season. And then the next season they got the 32 and the next season they finally got the 500. So his first three seasons were below 500. So that means the next four were 600 and above to get that average up. So I think he did a hell of a job, um, given the product that he was given and was able to coach these young guys. And you, you could say that they were losing touch, but how do you know they, you know, sure, the beat writers could say that they were losing touch with uh, um, the coach, but I feel like that's kind of, you mentioned it before, it's kind of like the the hurt thing, where it's just like, yeah, that's just kind of a, a lame excuse, where it's just like, no, maybe you were just upset with the organization, and something had to give, and you were pointing the finger one way, and because that's just what players want to do. I, I don't ever see a player be like, man, that basketball operations guy really doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> That, that does. It's always going to be the coach. You know, they're going to blame that as their first line of defense, and they have every right to. But you know, at the same time, he challenged the players a lot, and I thought that was very commendable of him. He is just because he's pretty ho hum. He's still a fiery and very smart basketball IQ minded person. So I'm very curious how that's going to translate into the operations job, because uh, I don't know much about that operations job. And to be honest. Anybody could do it, uh, in my opinion. It doesn't have to be an ex-athlete. It doesn't. It just has to be a smart person who's willing to make moves and risks, who knows how to uh, analyze the analytics and really make smart basketball and, and, and business decisions. And if he can separate himself from being a personal person, you know, to, to those players, uh, I think he will have that success. So, yeah, I, I say an A- based, based on all that. I mean, again, he's... I looked at his uh, his 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 um, career as a basketball coach. So, the longest tenured coaches out there right now are Popovich, which he speaks for himself. Carlisle is the second guy in the list with like 13 seasons with Dallas or something like that. Something ridiculous. It's 08, and he just got knocked out. So I bet you he's getting fired. You know, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas makes a change because Luca's going to be probably like, "Hey, I want this guy out. It's not working out." And uh, Spolstra, he's he he has like I don't know, probably around the same time, two thousand eight. And then the next guy was Trotter and Stevens. So Stevens and Trotter, who is the Blazers' head coach, have both been about seven or eight seasons. And guess who got fired in in in, in Portland? Trotter did. So. The fact that a coach makes it to seven years is an accolade in itself because that doesn't happen either. Same thing with, with, with Danny Ainge going 18. So it's like, again, those histories speak for himself. So you have to give him letter, you know, high, high grades for that. Like, don't look at it from the Boston fan and be like, well, we had Red Albrock and all this other shit. It's like, yeah, that's not how the NBA is anymore. So if you make it three seasons, you're, you're, you're doing something right. Cause they'll get rid of your ass and the same thing with players. So I didn't hear you. Did you, did you name, who do you want, who are your choices as head coach? 
if you had a, if you were in that room with Brad, who who are you recommending? Okay, so initially I, I put on our our uh, Facebook page Adrian Griffin uh, from he's the assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors when they won the championship. Uh, ex player, he's played out in Europe. He's played for the CBA. He's played for the G League. He's played for the Celtics. He played for the Bulls. Uh, he came out, you know, he was probably like late nineties early, you know, two thousands ish only played about nine or eight seasons for the NBA, but then traveled. He has coached many years, uh, in both, uh, overseas CBA and on the Chicago and with Oklahoma city when all the big three were down there and also with currently the Toronto Raptors. Again, ex-player, he is nobody's nobody probably who listens to this doesn't even know his fucking name, and that's why I'm throwing it out there because he he is a guy that's going to work hard. He's a player coach. He you know he's a ex-player. Uh, he's not as shiny as like Chauncey Phillips or I've heard Jawan Howard. I've heard a couple other NBA players. Um, that Sam could translate Cassell. Sam Cassell. Yeah, I, I hear all these other guys where I'm like, okay. But guess what just happened in the last few days since all that chatter? Portland job opened up. So you're now competing with Portland, which is still a strong market, who has two superstars on that team as well, who made it just as far as the Celtics did. So you're kind of looking at it going, oh, shit, we're now competing with a West Coast team that's got a team that can win 40 games in their sleep. So... You think you're going to get Chauncey Billups? Well, I don't know, man. And, and, and well, the rumors coming out of Portland is Lillard wants out. Oh, you think so? That's that's odd. He loves Portland, and the fans love him there. I'm, I'm, he's I, not I, that I, type I, of guy. He's not that type of guy to be like, I, I want out. Where'd that come from? Uh, you know, people read into stuff way too much. Yeah, I don't. Certain I don't tweets, think... certain things like that. He want, you know. Yeah, no, I I think it's nothing. I think he just wants to be in command of who the coach comes in. And, and, you know, if he wants Chauncey Billups, they're going to get Chauncey Billups. See, the thing is with he's outspoken, he's 30 year vet where he'll, he'll come out and say, I, I, I need to win where Tatum and Brown are still pretty passive in that and say, I just want a guy that's going to, you know, make me better and make me, you know, make us win more, you know, say all the right things. But I think Dame has a different mindset of what he's trying to do out West. He, his mm -hmm. career is over in five years or less. Whereas Tatum's yeah. like, I still got 10 years and this might not even be the team. So <laughs> I'd be more, more curious of what Brown and Tatum's uh, influences in this hire, because you want them to be involved because if they're not, and you hire somebody that's going to have three okay seasons again, like I'm going to be more now critical of that guy than I ever was of Stevens. Cause he came into a rebuilding year. The next guy coming in is like, you have to take a team that went 36 and 36 and get them to 50 wins next year. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Good luck. I don't know who that guy is and <laughs> it's gotta be the right guy. And that's why I'd be more happy. Like if it's Chauncey, if it's any of those guys, none of them have head coaching experience on this level. So I'm okay with giving them some time to figure it out in year one. <laughs> you know? Would you, but, uh, would you, would you be open to, you know, the, some other names associated with the Celtics or a couple of those female assistants that have been linked to, you know, head coaching positions and their, their names have come up in, you know, 
Like what? Kara Lawson and Becky Hammond. And she's one. Yeah, those. Yeah, those are them. Those are the two. Um, it's cut. Either would you want you, Boston to be the first team to again? That, that's the question. Is a would it be? W- w- would that be a good move for the Celtics? Or would that be a good move for the league? Like that's the and 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 that's hundred percent good move for the league. I could see that happening. Okay, here's my opinion straight out of the shoot. Much better fit for Portland. Much better fit. I think in Boston, the way that the Boston fans are, I I, I don't think that's fair. I, I I don't like the idea. I just don't like it. There, I don't. Doesn't sound enjoyable to me for that coach. At all, I don't. I don't think the mar- the market's right up here. Unfortunately, at this time, uh, Portland, hundred <laughs> percent. That that Portland. is like a that is that is a fit that I could I, I just see as as you know West Coast. I don't think you know their fan base is rabid too, but not not, not like, like the Boston. crusty old people in Boston. You don't know basketball. Yeah, I. Why would we want to be that? No. Even if I was that, you know, I'm sure they would relish the opportunity. I'm not saying, I mean, Boston's got a huge legacy, but well, I don't again, know. I don't the, think it's the right the, spot. Well, again, in the conversation that's come up since the Kyrie comments about Boston, is this something that the head coaching is now going to be a direct result of what is being said about Boston front by the players? And is that going to be a reactatory move to just get somebody in there in the response to that. Cause like I said, you've literally had a very white front office and ownership group. Um, mm-hmm. And then you hear players come out and talk about, you know, the, to basically signing off on what uh, I, uh, Kyrie said about the Celtics. Um, you know, my concern, and again, this is going to come off crass and it's not my intention is I want them to hire the right person for the job. Don't hire somebody just because it's going to look good in the press. Or look good in the news cycle. If you have a player or a coach that you think is the best fit for the team, you better hire them. And that's my. So, what was your opinion about Brad Stevens and his career, his legacy, and and, and I give him an when a, he was I give, brought I give, in? I give, I give him like a B minus. No, sorry, an A minus too. Like I said, he he had some days, he, some years he had. It had to be better than uh, Ainge. It has to be. Yeah, oh, he, yeah. 100%. He, it's not his decisions a lot, and he still was um, able to produce a winning product exactly in 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 for me i just you know the one downside from stevens is you know i felt like some some points in his tenure he just lost the lock lost the locker from from time to time and it was nothing you know it just had nothing to do with him you know per you know it just clash clash of personality sometimes and sometimes i think the players just tuned him out but you get that from day to day with the any coach um, with you know some of the superstars and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, I think that was more evident in some of the stuff that came out after Kyrie left, being like, t- Brad would be like, "Hey, you want to come watch some film with me and let's try to figure some stuff out," and Kyrie would walk up to him. He's like, "What does democracy mean to you?" Like, and Brad's probably like, "I just want to watch tape. Like, <laughs> I don't want to get in like a wait. Who who is this?" Of- so it came out that during a film session, Brad asked Kyrie, like, hey, let's go watch some film. Let's kind of go through some, uh, get some tape and stuff like that. And like halfway during the film, the tape session, Kyrie looked at Brad and was like, 
what does democracy mean to you? No, what does government mean to you? <laughs> Kyrie said it to Brad? Yeah, in the middle of like a film session. And Brad's just like, I just want to talk tape. I just want to talk tape. I just want to go over this. Yeah, thing. it's like me going to my business meeting and say, let's talk about the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, this guy's an idiot. But, but 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 I'm saying like you know when I'm saying like he lost like tone deaf players like and it's a, nothing that Brad could have done he's never dealt with superstars on Kyrie's level before up until Kyrie, but it's just it's just funny you hear stories of Brad's like I just want to do tape like let's let's do tape, <laughs> and again I can't yeah, fault this... him for that he did his best with the play the, the tool the, the the you know he's not buying the groceries he was just making dinner with what was bought for him and he you know he had a very successful career as a coach. So. Yeah, and, and I that's wish why I wish he made it to the finals. So, yeah, and I think uh, and we mentioned it a year ago that I felt like that snapshot of that team uh, in the bubble w- was the opportunity. I think we you mentioned it. Too. We we I think we let that one go, and that that's where it kind of oh, sucked. We, we, we let that go, and I still think when they went to seven games they should have closed that game out. Like I just, it just, you know, I don't know what, you know, you'll never know what happened in that game seven, but you know, to -hmm. push it that far and go that far and be, you know, 15 minutes away from an opportunity to go to the finals and you you just get outplayed. It's just, it's hard to be like, you guys were, you guys were a better team. Like you guys should have won game seven. Like regardless. Yeah. But again, I, I I wouldn't, I'm sure the ball doesn't bounce, you know, like as a coach, it's like sometimes you, you got to deal with those, you know, the, the, that's why you play the game, right? That's why you get mm-hmm. up, lace your shoes, and play. But, like, you know, again, th- those are, I think, two missed opportunities for Stevens to be in the finals and, you know, move forward with his, his narrative. So, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, the offseason is rapidly approaching. We'll see what he does. You know, he's he's new to the GM pond. And I know Danny Edge said he's going to be on for a while to help Brad with the draft, help him with, you know, some of the, the initial. <laughs> is that a good thing off-season. or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> Um, but we'll see what happens. I think I think there's some hard decisions to be make on, made on this team. Um, let's see if Brad can do it and you know not be gun shy. Um, but well, and like you said, the problem is there's not much you can do other than strip kind of the back, uh, the last four guys on this squad and try and try to fill it. Like who who's who's left to fill it with? Because some of the players exactly. that did filter in here during his tenure and during Angie's tenure over the last five years was was pretty impressive and pretty damn good. It's just it we just never got, got over the hump. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and you got a you got a bottleneck of talent. You got a ton of talent in Maine. You got a ton of talent at the end of the bench. Who would be on some of the other teams? You know, probably starting or not the best teams, but on other teams they probably would be more in a, playing more minutes. You know, you, you might have to shed some of those. You know, players on the back end of your roster and some of your, your, your which is your totally timing. fine. I mean, there's. The Ojale, the Taco Fall, the I mean, no one wants Taco Ball, Taco Falls, right? He he he's just gonna get rele- relegated to the main, you know, like that's fine. Um, you know, the only reason he was on the team is because there's no G League this year. Like you know that for a fact. Like yeah, Trey Trey Waters gone. You know, there's a lot of guys that are not even you can't even, they're not even tradable assets. They are guys that you just have to drop. And you you got to replenish through the draft. The good news is walking into next season with still eleven million dollars for that trade exception, so you can still bring in a ten million dollar player or two fives or whatever. I mean, those those aren't bad guys. So yeah. we just got to figure out who that 
eighth guy is, that ninth guy is. Because, you know, is Pritchard enough? No, I, I you need another point guard. And I would spend every dollar. Uh, I'd spend all $11 million on some kind of backup point guard because how often Kemba Walker's out, you need somebody to come in on those back-to-backs and take over. You know, meaning, like, run run the point. And I just, you, you know, Pritchard's great, but he's the third guy. He's not the second. He's a great third guy point guard. But you need a second. You need that Jeff Teague that never happened this year. So you need somebody younger and better <laughs> for $10 million. Find find it, uh, oh, yeah, Brad. <laughs> we'll so. see. We'll see. We'll see what it is. I'm. I hope it just the good news is it it, it is a great job. It is a great job because you do have Danny. I mean, I'm sorry. You do have uh, Jalen and Jason. That it's a yep. it's a phenomenal team for a coach to walk in on. Oh yeah, and like I said, let's see if uh, he shakes things because, like I said, he knows that chemistry of the locker room more than anybody else, which will help making personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he might have to make some tough decisions with maybe possibly let smart go out the door or trading him or something, you know, you might, you know, I would not be surprised if a move like that did come across the table to relieve some cap room and kind of possibly get some, you know, assets later down the road. So mm-hmm. that he can hopefully capitalize on. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, that does wrap up another time episode of it's go time with Jay and James. Um, Check out our Facebook account. Uh, it's go time with Jane James. If you're listening to the podcast on a weekly basis, you know exactly where to find all that fun stuff. Same thing with our Instagram page. Um, and with that, uh, Jay, where can people find you now, Mister? I have another show, dude. I don't even know. We're not. It's not even. It's it's still very much in its infancy. So hey, I think got, there's an Instagram you got, you page. Got, you got to run before you can crawl. Yeah, there's an Instagram page. So I have another show. Uh, it's called The Real Thrills uh, Podcast. It's pretty much just going over more horror, uh, horror movie genre, uh, segmented, you know, just movie breakdown. Uh, obviously, we're going back to like older movies. So there's plenty of breakdowns all over the po- all over the internet. So it doesn't really matter. It, what sep- separates us from them is just we have different segments that we just always go into. So that that's kind of our 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 bag and. Uh, it's more comedy driven, you know, funny scenarios in horror movies. Um, and also some of the scary elements as well. So the real R E E L like a reel of film, the real thrills podcast. And you can find us on Instagram. So just type it in and Spotify and and Apple and all that shit. So we're, we're all there. Definitely, definitely check that out. Um, also where did, um, what did you have for, uh, for a morning beverage today? So I do a pour over coffee, right? And I I get I get I get I get my deadly on. Deadly ground coffee, my friend. Getdeadly.com. All wonderful flavors, velvety, creamy, smooth, dark, very dark coffee. There you go. So head over to getdeadly.com or deadlygroundscoffee.com for all your coffee needs. Any order over $50 or more does get some free shipping. The convention season is upon us, as well as everything starting to open up. Uh, I know here out in New York, um, if they said they hit 70, 70% vaccine rate, the majority, all but like one restriction is going away, which is awesome. So with that, you know, definitely still keep supporting small businesses. Uh, and with that, you also go to thedorkening.com for all your podcast needs, including the Dorkening flagship show, as well as super retro throwback reviews. What other shows are there, Jay? The Loudest Sports Show with our friend Pat. 
as Can well as Throwdown Thursday, same host. Yep. And still token. I see. I see that happening a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other shows on there. Um, so check it out uh, for all your podcast needs. Thirty plus shows as well as a bunch of archive shows on there as well. Um, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, you have a wonderful week. Stay cool in the Northeast. Yeah. And with that, we will uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good day. Peace out.